0: The resiliency of this team how we fought back you just mentioned it all the players we got on offense all the players on this team uh some guys you might not have seen yet but uh you know we're just a tight knit knit bunt uh, tight bunch and we stay together and uh we kept fighting and we pulled it out pull it out indeed officially at the halfway point of the season now i think right with the 17 game season yeah <laughs> the seahawks win their fourth straight game today in Arizona to improve to six and three. Or as I described it on Twitter today after the game, six and flippin' three. Except I didn't use flipping. I'll try to keep this a little bit of a family show. And they maintain their uh, their hold on first place in the NFC West today with a 31-21 win over the Cardinals. I am Dan Vienz. This is the Field Goals Podcast, and this is rapid reaction to the Seahawks winning yet another game who would have thought and you know are we just at that point where we just stop talking about how surprising this is i mean i tried to touch on it last week right my my theme last week was look this team's good they proved it with the win over the chargers and the giants in back to back weeks teams with a combined 10 and 3 record this team's it's a good team we're going to ex- i'm going to expand on that a little bit my thoughts on that as we get a little deeper into this. But first, just to look back on the game. Again, 31-21, the Seahawks beat the Cardinals in Arizona. Second win over the Cardinals in three weeks. And uh, where do I start? I mean, as always, let's just check in on Geno Smith, shall we? 26 out of 34 for 275 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. We'll get to that. He also ran the ball six times for 38 yards, and a couple of those late in the game were huge. Kenneth Walker, speaking of late in the game, 26 rushes, 109 yards, really had to gut it out. Averaged 4.1 yards per carry, two touchdowns late in the game, really iced this one for the Seahawks when they needed it most and needed to make some adjustments. And then Gino, the epitome of efficient, just spreading the ball all around. Noah Fant today got involved in a big way, five catches, 96 yards, huge, huge reception on the last drive of the game. Tyler Lockett with five catches, D.K. Metcalf with five catches. Both of those guys had a touchdown apiece. Will Disley, Travis Homer, Kenneth Walker all had three catches. Really spread the ball around. As he as he mentioned there in the post-game interview, just a lot of weapons on this team. And, and he's really making use of them all. And, and let me just start there before I get into the, the defense and kind of how the game unfolded. And we'll talk about the, the pivotal moment in the game. I don't know that we can talk enough about Shane Waldron and the job he's doing coordinating this offense. It's, you know, Dana and I touched on it a couple weeks ago, but I I just don't think it's getting enough attention. And maybe because the story of Geno Smith eclipses it, right? It's just a bigger story. It's, It's one of the biggest stories in the NFL this year, if not the biggest. But it's, it's amazing to me how quickly we have taken Shane Waldron for granted. And I'm telling you, <laughs> maybe let's not take him too much for granted because this guy, if he keeps doing this, he's going to be a head coaching candidate in this league before long. But there, there was a central theme to this game that I'm going to get into in a little more detail after we talk about some key stats, and that's answering questions. Most of the questions surrounding this team heading into the season were, you know, how the, how are the rookies going to perform? Uh, how's the defensive backfield going to look with so much inexperience? And obviously, what's going to happen at the quarterback position? The rookie class has answered a lot of those questions week in and week out. Geno's answered those questions. The defense has answered those questions. Clint Hurt has answered those questions. But Shane Waldron. I was interested interested to see how the team would look coming out, facing the same team twice in three weeks. A very aggressive team. Arizona Arizona's defensive rankings don't really reflect the talent that they have on that side of the ball. They just don't. You saw that team today, and they were about as healthy as they've been in a long time. Uh, some of those guys were questionable throughout the week. Byron Murphy and Buda Baker, the former Huskies, both were, they both played. And when those guys are all on the field, that team is aggressive. They blitz almost as much as anyone in the league. And the team speed is evident. Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, who made a huge play today, running all over the field, Bakers everywhere. They can cover. Everything in this game was hard. For Gino to put up the numbers he put up, this is one of those games that you should maybe watch twice. Cause I think as I'm following Twitter throughout the game, the perception that I got was well, some people were freaking out. I I had a guy tell me in my mentions that Gino wasn't playing well, that he was struggling. But then you look at the numbers and you see some of the big plays and the key plays at key moments, right? And for me, the Hawks came out in the second half. And about six minutes into the third quarter, Geno throws the worst interception he's thrown this year. Maybe one of the worst he's ever thrown. He's trying to get the ball out in the flat to Kenneth Walker. Zaven Collins drops back into coverage. He's right there. I, it kind of looked like his reaction afterwards, like maybe Geno just didn't see him. Or maybe he thought he could just get it over his reach. But he didn't. And he threw it right to Zayvon Collins. Easy pick six. Changed the momentum. Got the crowd into the game. Made it 14 to 10 Cardinals at that point. And my first thought, and the thing I tweeted out at the time, was like, all right, Gino has had to answer questions over and over again. He, You know, he, he answered some questions over the last couple of weeks with some making some plays late in games. How is he going to come back in a hostile environment against a really, as I said, aggressive and fast defense that was starting to feel themselves, get some momentum, now after a play like that? And he answered with a 13-play, 75-yard drive. He was outstanding. But part of it also, what we saw on that drive, and, and what I really liked about Gino too, was his sideline demeanor after that. He's patting guys on the shoulder pad. He's grabbing guys by the face mask. He, hey, 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 that's on me. I'll get it back. Let's just keep keep rolling. Keep pushing. But it was the adjustments that Waldron made. They had gotten away early in the second half, gotten away from running the football. And it looked like, just looking back over my notes and and. Thinking back over the early second half, it looked like they were trying to take some deep shots. They were trying to run some stuff that was a little slower to develop. They needed to quicken things up, and they did. And the the adjustments in that 13-play drive, there were some designed rollouts. They went back to the tight end. I think that was the drive that Disley did most of his damage. Got the ball out quicker. Gino only took two sacks today there were some clear adjustments and they started running the football between the tackles a little bit more, tried to go wide in the first half. And if there's any criticism of Kenneth Walker so far, there's times There were a couple times today, a couple good examples of it where he tries to make that one more move to bounce it to the, <clears throat> excuse me, to bounce it to the outside when maybe he just needs to go North and South. So the adjustments by Shane Waldron, and then the way they closed it out with the last drive of the game oh, it was beautiful, too, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Defensively, again, so it starts off, the Cardinals drive down, score a touchdown on their first drive after the Seahawks go three and out. And it was the first time in 13 games the Cardinals had scored a touchdown on their opening drive. They've been notoriously slow starters. And so you're thinking, okay, uh-oh. Cardinals offense has looked better the last couple weeks with DeAndre Hopkins back in the fold. They got James Conner back in the backfield today. He makes a difference. Here we go. Buckle up. But they lock things down. Uh, They end up giving up 262 total yards to the Cardinals. Murray, 25 out of 35, 175 yards through the air, a couple of touchdowns. Eight rushes for 60 yards. He did a much better job corralling him. Still missed on a couple of things. Had a couple of near sacks that would have been big plays where he, he squirted away for big gains, converted a couple of first downs that way. But ran for 100 yards three weeks ago, so they'll take that. And James Conner, in his return, made a big difference. Had some on the last drive of the game where the Cardinals went down, scored a touchdown to make it a one-score game again before the Seahawks answered yet again. You could see the difference, the upgrade over Eno Benjamin. He's just a hard physical runner. He can catch the ball well out of the backfield. But they held him to 45 yards on seven carries. And DeAndre Hopkins matched up mostly against Tariq Woolen, the rookie today. Four catches for 36 yards. Had a touchdown, but four catches for 36 yards. He basically was a non-factor. And there was one highlight real play for Tariq Woolen in particular, on a little dig route, Murray's trying to hit him over the middle, and Wolin just played it perfectly. Really did just read it, broke on the ball for a guy as long as him to be able to break on the ball and change direction. Went after, knocked the ball away with his offhand. Played it like a pro, and I think you could see the respect he's starting to garner already around the league because it was one of those plays where he had his backhand just kind of on Hopkins' back a play that sometimes rookies get a flag for and he didn't um Seahawks pressured Murray consistently throughout the game often with just a four-man rush sacked him five times Seahawks had uh, coming into the game over the last three games more sacks than anyone in the NFL five more today uh, some other key numbers. Seahawks uh, were good on third down today, especially in the second half. They were 10 out of 15 for the game. And late in the game, they had seven straight third down conversions. That was huge. A lot of those were on running plays. Uh, there was one throw in particular that I remember. It was to lock it. Um, on a third and long, I think it was a third and 12, and it was after the pick. And Gino had to manipulate the pocket a little bit, step up, throw a dart into a tight window to lock it, who took a hard hit. Uh, a lot of criticism for a play earlier in the game in the, in the first half where Lockett on a third and long caught the ball had a chance had an easy chance had a first down but gave up on the play made a business decision to go down misjudged it came up short of the marker took a lot of a lot of flack for that but that big third down play later where he, where he took a huge hit I would say made up for it uh the Cardinals were only six out of 14 on third down. Seahawks played a clean game, only six penalties. Arizona had 12. Seven of those were pre-snap penalties. Time of possession, Seahawks won that one roughly 35 minutes to 25 minutes. Uh, But it was how they responded, twice. It was how they responded to the interception by Geno today and then how they responded when Arizona went down and scored to make it a one-score game with two and a half minutes left that says so much about this team and where they are right now. And what's beautiful about this team is they talk the talk and they're walking the walk. And in that way, not, I'm not comparing them physically or, I mean, their personalities are a little bit different, but in that way, they're very similar to that Legion of Boom era. You know, Metcalf said during the week this week, he said, we're young and, and we're cocky. and We feel good. and We believe in ourselves. And they go out and they prove it on Sundays. They never look overwhelmed by the moment. They never look panicked. They always look calm. And as a fan, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to believe in those moments where I'm most tense, I'm starting to get that feeling that they're going to make a play here. They're going to do something here to right the ship. And for such a young team to feel that way, it's just, it's a testament to those guys, obviously, but it's a testament to that front office. I mean, what they did this offseason going out, and obviously we can talk about the draft class over and over again. Uh, and the exciting thing, Carol said in his postgame comments I was listening to right before I hit record, and he said they always talk in terms of rookies, you know, getting to the halfway point, that that's where things really start to click usually. <laughs> if, If things are about to click with that rookie class, watch out. It's being talked about now. I've heard, and I'm sure you've seen it too, more than once, in more than one place. This might be one of the best draft classes we've seen in NFL history, at least for a very long time. A game-changing type draft class. But it's how the front office went out, identified those guys. But also, look, there's more to the game than just what you do between the lines and what you do. In the playbook and, and execute on the field. It's, it's all those intangible things, right? How you, how you meld together as a, as a locker room, how you handle adversity, how you handle those moments. And this team just seems to love each other and love playing with each other and have fun and have a chip on their shoulder, but also have that confidence. What you worry about with a young team is they start to feel a little too good about themselves, right? And then they have that letdown game. Well, wouldn't this have been that game? Wouldn't this have been the one you worry the most about? Division opponent. They know each other well. They just played three weeks ago, and Arizona had their two of their top guys back on offense. This is the game that kind of had letdown or trap written all over it. But again, I talked about how answering questions is kind of the theme of this game and really the theme of the season so far. And let's touch on some of them. I've I've covered some of this already, but I, I just jotted these down before I went on the air question. How would this team prepare and play after experiencing some success? Answer. Like I said, they came out prepared. They came out. They played a clean game. They weren't flat. Somebody tweeted early in the game. They thought they were sleepwalking. I don't know what game he was watching. Oh, and by the way, our good friend, Eric Briggs, who is yet to be on this show. But if you were a regular listener to to my previous show, you know, he's a regular contributor and uh, always has great analysis and lives in Phoenix and was at the game today. And he said, I don't know about you. He texted me about halfway through the game. Uh, It was shortly after the pick six. He said, I don't know about you, but... From where I'm sitting, watching it live in person, Seahawks have dominated this entire game. Especially after the pick six, they just just imposed their will. They took over. And think about it this way. Early in the game, we didn't even talk about this yet. Early in the game, Kobe Bryant finally had a pick. A beautiful play for an interception. Nullified by a Quandre Diggs illegal contact. Uh, flag twenty five yards down the field, would have had the ball at the Arizona twenty on their first drive. Uh, on the first third down, the Cardinals had had the, had Kyler Murray sacked, had him dead to rights, squirts away for a third down. Like this game felt like the Seahawks were grinding a little bit. But it felt like there were chances throughout the game to really dominate this football game. And and to hear someone who was in the stadium say that um, is pretty cool. Uh, But they also had answers for Connor and Hopkins. I have that in my notes too, and I thought that was big. Uh, We talked about how Gino would respond to such a bad pick. He had the two long touchdown drives. And as I mentioned, the sideline de- sideline demeanor. He just never seems shaken. And after the game, even Pete Carroll addressed it and he said, look, he said, the thing I love about Gino is he knows those moments are going to happen. He knows those mistakes are going to happen. Not everyone's perfect. He just shakes it off and goes to the next play. Uh, and then we talked about the in-game adjustments. Um again, I I this is one that I recorded it. I'm going to go back and watch the full game again because I I feel like the perception of it is going to be much different. As the game was going on, it felt like a grind. Like the Arizona defense didn't make anything easy for our offense, and yet Gino completes 76% of his passes, has a passer rating of 106 even with the pick. The other thing that stood out today and has for weeks, and the reason I feel confident saying something like, hey, this is a good football team, this is not a fluke. This is not luck. This is not a schedule. This is not like a couple of years ago when the Seahawks seemed to play a backup quarterback every single week because of injuries, and, and they use that to their advantage. This team is balanced. They're balanced in their position groups, and their rosters. They're deep. When guys get banged up, other guys step up, but they're balanced. The coverage in the secondary is outstanding. There were times that Murray just didn't have anywhere to go with the football. But yet we also consistently were able to get pressure on him. That's been an issue for years. We know that. And since this defensive turnaround kicked in four weeks ago, it hasn't been an issue at all. Uh, Linebackers are playing better. Jordan Brooks is playing well. I thought Cody Barton, uh, when he was on the field today, maybe had his best game of the year. Uh, Seemed to be around the ball a lot, made some plays. Um, But even guys like Ryan Neal, look, they lose Jamal Adams. And we felt that early, especially in how they were getting gashed in the run game. Ryan Neal, to me, looks like Jamal Adams' light. Pete talked about it after the game, the way that they use him, how they like to deploy him, move him all around. He's blitzing. He's making plays in the run game. He blew up a screen pass at one time. He's covering guys. Uh, Ryan Neal's been a big key. And then I talked earlier about, you know, give some credit to the front office and how they went and and nailed that draft class, but some of the free agent signings too. I mean, trades and free agent signings, making sure Shelby Harris was part of that Broncos trade. Harris had a big sack today. He's been huge, but Uchenna Nwosu has been a revelation. Seven sacks now on the season. He had two today, and he just seems to be in on it every play. And, it, and it's not just a guy who's teeing off and going after the quarterback. He's making plays in the running game. He's dropping back into coverage and making plays the addition of Bruce Irvin seemed like a looks like a brilliant brush stroke at this point. He looks like he's 26 years old again. Having fun playing, playing well against the run, pressuring the quarterback, he had a sack today. It's a balanced roster. On offense, they've had get some guys dinged up on the offensive line. Hasn't really affected their uh their efficiency at all. And they're consistent. Since the 49ers game, uh, this team hasn't gone long stretches or they just can't get anything done. And they don't have those glaring weaknesses that teams can pick on. Uh, it's a mark of a good roster. Um, you don't see the big breakdowns the last four weeks. The tackling's gotten better. They're taking the ball away. Bryant almost had two takeaways today. There was a play on the last drive Arizona had that it was called um, a catch and fumble by Rondale Moore on the field. Again, it was Kobe Bryant punching the ball out. Uh, I thought he had control and made a football move, but Bryant knocked the ball out too soon. (laughs) Moore was clearly making a football move, would have made a football move, um, but Bryant knocked the ball ball out too soon. It was ruled an incompletion. The kicking game has been really solid. Jason Myers has been solid. Michael Dixon has been solid. There haven't been the breakdowns in on special teams in the last few weeks. And they're stacking drives together. You're not seeing since that San Francisco game, you haven't seen one of those halves where the offense just gets stuck. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So what's next? Uh, Seahawks now uh, increase their lead in the NFC West. They sit at six and three, f- six and three, right? Yes. <laughs> Six and three on the season. The 49ers um, still sit at four and four. They're coming off their bye week. And uh, this just in, the Rams lose to Tampa Bay today. They led most of the way. Tampa Bay uh, with kind of a signature drive, it looks like, by Tom Brady at the end to score a touchdown. Tampa Bay ends up clipping the Rams 16 to 13. So the Rams drop to three and five and the Cardinals are three and six. Big day from Cooper Cup, but the Rams didn't do really anything else. And judging by some Rams fans that I follow on Twitter, there's a lot of frustration there. A lot of issues on defense, a lot of soft coverages, and uh, just no running game. Um, it's It's interesting to see. And the Seahawks, of course, play Tampa Bay in Hamburg, Germany. On Sunday, remember, it's in Germany. It's a 6.30 a.m. kickoff Pacific Standard Time. So you get to watch Seahawks, and then you get to watch Red Zone and watch the rest of the league the rest of the day. This team has a chance to be 7-3 and three at the bye. Would you believe it? And uh, we've got some cool stuff lined up for um, the two weeks, uh, essentially. Yeah, the two weeks after the bye uh, before they get back into action again. Enjoy this. Enjoy this while you can, you guys. This is a lot of fun. Uh, Thanks for listening. Follow us at Field Goals on Twitter. Follow me at Seahawks forever. Uh, I'll be back later in the week to preview the Buccaneers game and uh, get ready going into the bye. Your first place Seahawks continue to roll with their fourth straight win today, 31-21 over the Cardinals. I am Dan Viennes. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. Like it. Share it. Review it. And until next time, go Hawks.